Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. All right, we've been busy with a series dealing with stress and worry. What does it mean when we worry? Does it mean that uh, there's something wrong with us or that we're not good Christians or something like that? Uh, Not at all. It just means that we're human. Because if you think about it, even Jesus worried in the Garden of, of Gethsemane. And so I think it's fair to say that every single one of us worries at some stage. We, we go through some form of stress or, or worry. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female, whether you're young or old. Uh, worry is no respecter of person. You can be 23 years old and you're worried that you may not get married. At 33, you're worried that you may have to stay married. At 23, we're worried that we may not find a job. And then at uh, 43, we worried that we, we haven't found purpose in that same job. At 23, we worried about finding a house. At maybe 53, we worried that we can't pay that house. We may not be able to afford it. At 23, we worried that something may be stuck in our teeth. At 63, we worried that we can't find our teeth. And so all I'm saying is worry is common to all of us. Now, we may not all be facing exactly the same stuff in our lives, but we're, facing, we're all facing something. We're facing some kind of challenge, some kind of difficulty, some kind of trial. Listen to what the Bible says about trials. Here in James 1 verse 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, sometimes we look at people who have plenty and we think, oh, what kind of trial can they go through? But, but I want to just remind us that there are trials associated with plenty and there are trials associated with poverty. And I think we all know the ones associated with poverty because we've all been there at some stage in our lives. But what about the trials associated with plenty? When you have plenty of responsibilities, when you have plenty of staff, plenty of salaries to take care of, plenty of of decisions to make, there are trials associated with poverty and trials associated with, with plenty. And so my point simply is trials are common to all of us. Now, the Bible says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And here's here's the reason here. It says, because you know that the testing of your faith. So when you and I go through trials, it's testing our faith. It says the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. It's simply saying the outcome is going to be good. And so don't worry about it. Don't stress. Don't get worked up. The outcome is going to be good. And so I want to leave that thought with you. And, and, and I want that, that's the first thing I want to share with you today, is, is because you and I are children of God, we can know the outcome is going to be good because God's promised it. He'll cause all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. 
Now, what is the opposite of stress and worry? It's peace. Remember last week we looked at that. The Apostle Paul, he comes and he says, you want to have peace? You want to have a peace that surpasses all understanding? A peace that you just don't, it doesn't make sense. You can't explain why you have peace. You want to have that kind of peace? He says, absolutely. He says, I'm going to give you a recipe for peace. He says, I'm going to give you five ingredients here for peace. And so I want to turn to Philippians chapter 4. And let me just read it. I didn't have time last week to read that passage of Scripture. But just listen to it. We start from verse 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And so there's your first ingredient. He says, Choose joy. And then here's number two. This is the one we can look at today. He says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, here's number three. We'll look at this next week. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then number four, he says, thank him for all he's done. In other words, just the thanksgiving and gratitude. Thank him for all he's done. And then he says, then, if you'll do these four things, he says, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. So, so he's saying, hey, I'm not done. I've got, I've got one last one. He's still busy with the same topic. He's still showing us how to have peace. He said, I'm going to give you five ingredients. Here's the last one. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then he says, keep putting into practice. In other words, you keep doing this. You keep doing what I've told you to do. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. And so here are the five ingredients that he gives us. Let's have a look at them quickly. He says, choose joy. Don't worry. Do not worry. Pray about everything. Thank God in all things, and keep your mind on good things. Now, last week we looked at that first one, choose joy. Today we're going to look at the, at the second one, do not worry. Do you know they say the number one source of stress in our lives is not our work, it's not our workers, it's not even our women, it's worry. The number one source of stress in our lives is worry. And that's why Paul says there in Philippians 4 verse 6, he says, do not worry about anything. The Greek word for anything means anything. There are no exclusions, no exceptions. He doesn't say it's okay to worry about your provision, but don't worry about protection. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say it's okay to worry about today, but whatever you do, don't worry about tomorrow. He doesn't say that. He says, don't worry about anything. And anything means anything. Do not worry. Do you know that commandment to not worry is the most common commandment in the Bible? It's given to us in the Old Testament a number of times right through to the, to the New Testament. As a matter of fact, this topic is so important 
that Jesus spends quite a bit of time in that famous sermon of his, the Sermon on the Mount. And he spends time and he, and he, and he points it out to us again and again. Do not worry. And so I just want to read that to you quickly. Just, just a couple of verses. Just listen to this. He says, therefore, this is Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Then he says this, he says, look at the birds of the air. He's making a comparison. He says, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He's comparing us to the birds, and he says, no comparison. Come on. He says, there's no comparison. Then he asks this question, and he says this. He says, can any one of you by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is yet today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. In other words, the, 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 the grass is of no value really. God looks after the grass. He says, which is yet today and tomorrow thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And then in verse 34, he says, therefore, he says it again, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so again and again and again, Jesus just, just hammers that thing. He says, don't worry. Don't go there. Don't, don't do that. And most of the time when you and I worry, it's not about a certainty. It's about a possibility. So in other words, it's, it's not even definitely going to happen. It may happen. Well, what, 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 if, what, if it, it, what if it happens? But it hasn't happened. But, but what if it does? But what if it never, never happens? It, there's, there's no guarantee that it's going but, to But what if it does? And so Jesus says to us, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And so all Jesus is saying to us, he says, is there any benefit? He says, come on. Is there anything that you can gain from, from worry? It's a rhetorical question. He's not expecting an answer. He's saying, don't even answer that because you know the answer. And then he says in verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. So you know what he's saying? Don't worry about what may or may not happen. He says to us, don't even go there. Now, you know the words, do not worry, literally means take no thought. If you have a copy of the King James Bible, you'll see it's been translated into the King James's take no thought. And so this is what typically happens. A thought of worry presents itself to us, and, and, and we, we've got a choice. We either take that thought 
or we replace that thought. And so let's say, let's say you wake up in the middle of the night with a, with a bladder that's full and thoughts that are full of the wrong stuff. And you get back to your bed and your thoughts are still full. If you take those thoughts and you dwell on those thoughts, man, you're going to be tossing and turning all night. And you're not going to get any sleep. But if you replace those thoughts, you start saying, God, thank you so much that you've promised that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. God, you're my provider. And if you take care of the birds of the air, the grass of the field, how much more won't you take care of me? God, your word also says that if you gave Jesus for me, won't you freely with him give me all things? Listen, friends, you do that. You replace those negative thoughts, those worrying thoughts, with thoughts where you're just speaking to God and you just you, and, and, and just His faithfulness and His commitment and His love. And you start dwelling on that, man. Before you know it, you drop off and you sleep like a baby. You see, just because a thought of worry presents itself to you doesn't mean you've got to take it. Take no thought. If you take that thought and you start feeding that thing, you start raising a monster. Because whatever you feed grows. And that's why the Bible tells us specifically, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. So really what the Bible is saying is, he's saying more than anything, you've got to guard your heart. Now South Africans, we know what it means to guard or to look after or protect something that's precious or valuable to us. I mean, we got... We got uh, 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 tracking systems in our cars and gates on our homes and, and, and cameras and alarm systems and stuff like that. And we guard and protect our cars and our homes, but we don't guard our heart. And God says, more than your car, guard your heart. He says, more than your home, guard your heart. Above all else. He says, you've got to guard your heart. It's that important. Well, maybe you're saying, Leonard, you know, I'm not really worried. I'm just a little bit concerned. <laughs> well, what's the difference between being concerned and worried? Because I think there's a difference. Concern gets you to do something about it. Where worry just gets you to go round and round in circles and as a matter of fact, it just gets worse and worse. You see, concern has a positive outcome where worry doesn't have a positive outcome at all. And so let me give you uh, an example of maybe some concerns that a parent can have. Let's say a parent is concerned about the friends that his, his kids are hanging out with. I think that's a legitimate concern. We've got reason to be concerned about that. Or the parent is concerned about how much time they're spending on the internet and what's on the internet and what they're watching on the internet. I think that's legitimate. Or let's say maybe a parent is concerned that a child is, is very selfish. Also very legitimate because we know that selfishness will wreck, it will ruin their relationships down the line. It'll, it'll eventually, it'll wreck their marriage. Because nobody wants to be married to a selfish person. Because it starts off with, with my stuff. <laughs> and then eventually it's my way. And they want 
their way all the time. Or what about, what about the child whose room is always in a mess? Can we be concerned? Should we be concerned about that? I think so. Because that's the opposite of excellence. Now listen, you can go far without excellence, but you can go much, much further with excellence. There's no doubt about it. And so I think sometimes it's good and even healthy to be concerned. So how do we know the difference really? Concern is constructive. Worry is destructive. And so worry, you just go round and round. Uh, it gets worse and worse. You, you don't get sleep where concern, on the other hand, is constructive. And so what happens? You look at the situation with that selfish child and you say, God, I've got to make a plan. I've got to somehow help this child out of that. I can't leave that child there. What about the child who's, who's, who, who's living in the pigsty? I mean, in, in, in the mess. All right, you've got to help that child. God, I've got to make a plan. But we can't just leave. There's a, there's a healthy concern. Here's the problem with worry. Worry gets worse. Worry gets worse. Another way to say it, worry produces more worry. Or even another way to say it is, is worry exaggerates the problem. So when you worry about something, does it get bigger or does it get smaller? It always gets bigger. Does it get worse or does it get better? It always gets worse. Let me give you an example. So let's say you have this little two-year-old son and he starts cutting his, his teeth, and little front teeth come out. And one little front teeth is completely crooked, completely skewed. And you look at that, and you're like, whoa, man, that's, that's bad. But fortunately, just a little milk tooth, and, and, and uh, he'll get his, his real teeth down the line. But, but what if that little tooth is skewed as well? What if I've got to get braces? You know, so-and-so had to get braces for their child, almost bankrupt them. They had to sell their car to pay for the braces. What, what if... What if we can't afford it? You know, I'm thinking inflation and all of that. And, and if I've got to get braces for this child, you know, eventually we may have to toss up between braces and varsity. What if I can't send the child to varsity and, 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 and we get braces and nice, nice teeth and everything, but I can't send him to varsity and he doesn't get a good job down the what if he hangs out with the wrong friends and gets involved in a gang and gets involved in gang violence and all of that? What if he ends up in prison down the line? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We were busy with a little two-year-old with a little crooked tooth just now. Now we're in prison already. All right, granted with nice straight teeth. <laughs> but you see the problem. Worry exaggerates the problem. It never makes it better. It always makes it worse. And, and here's what I, want to, to, what I want you to see today, is that worry is a choice. Have you ever wondered why some people worry so much and other people don't? Is it because they were born worriers? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Nobody is born like that. God doesn't put that on anybody. Is it because they're born with no faith and others have faith? No. Bible says every man has a measure of faith. You know why? It's because they don't realize it, but they choose worry every time. Every time that thought comes, Bible says take no thought, but they don't, they, they don't do that. They take the thought, and they feed the thought, and that thought grows, and it just grows 
it just gets bigger and bigger. Why do some people, I mean, I think we all know people who, who worry a lot. They, they're constantly worrying, continually worrying, consistently worrying. They just worry all the time. And if they're not worried, they start worrying that they're not worried about something. But they're worried. Have you ever wondered why they're so good at worry? Because they've practiced it for so long. And so whatever you and I practice, we become good at. It's a choice. And so we've got to learn to, when that, when that worry comes, to switch. We don't have to, to go to worry. And so the same thing happens when, when there's something in our lives that we can't understand and it doesn't make sense. We try and figure it out. And if we can't figure it and, and, and we can't make sense of it, what happens? We start worrying about it instead of going to faith and trusting God for it. You see, whenever you and I face something that we don't understand, that doesn't make sense, we don't know what the outcome is going to be in, in our minds, we face worry or faith. And if you stay in the arena of worry, the devil will defeat you every single time. But when you get into the arena of faith, you'll defeat the devil every single time. You know, this uh, young pilot was flying the one day, and he was flying to a, another airport. But by the time he got there, he discovered that it was very cloudy. And he wasn't experienced in instrument landings. And, and so he, he spoke to the control tower, and, and he was very nervous. And, 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 and they put his mind at ease. They said, we'll help you. We'll bring you in. We'll talk you through the thing. But, but he, was, he, was, he was panicking, and it was just getting worse, and, and he, he, was just, he, was, he was just feeding that thing all the time. And eventually, a stern voice came over the radio, and this voice said, you just obey the instructions. We'll take care of, of the obstructions. You take care of the instructions. And I think sometimes God says the same thing to you and me. God says, you just take care of my instructions. What is God's instruction to you and me? Don't worry. He says, you take care of that instruction I've given you. I'll take care of the other things and all the other obstructions in your life. I'll, I'll deal with that stuff. You won't have to. Listen, friends. When God gives us this commandment not to worry, it's not a suggestion or a good idea. God doesn't say, well, you know, I, I want to suggest this or may, maybe recommend this. Maybe consider this if, if, if you don't mind. God says, no. He says, stop that. He says, that's nonsense. That thing is busy destroying you. Do not worry. And listen, God wouldn't give us an instruction or a command like that if we're not able to fulfill it. So God gives us a choice. He says, come on, you can worry if you want, or you can trust me. You can choose to go down the road of worry, or you can replace that thought. Worry is a, is a choice. And if you and I will make that choice to stay out of that arena, I'm going to stay out of the arena of worry. And, I, I, and I'm not going to take those thoughts because they're going to come to me. I'm going to guard my heart. And if we'll do that, we'll guard our hearts. 
and, and, and we'll stay away from that thing. We don't feed that monster. Guess what happens? Paul says, you want to have peace? You want to have a peace that, that surpasses your understanding, a peace that actually blows your mind, a peace where you can't explain, it doesn't make sense, and I find myself in a really difficult situation, but man, I've got so much peace. He says then, don't worry. Stay out of that arena completely. He says, it's your choice. Amen? Let's bow our heads and I want to pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that today again we could just be reminded that this thing is a choice and we don't have to go down that road. And I ask for all of us, myself included, when those thoughts of worry present themselves, Lord, help us to replace those thoughts by focusing on you and your goodness and faithfulness and your love and your compassion and your promises. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.